That sound is getting closer and closer to you uh, as you are advised that you should probably run. You see both Phoebe and John shape change into their wolf form as they are preparing to get a move on. That is going to take up pretty much their round in initiative. And the very next thing to act in initiative is whatever is making that ruckus. All of you, I'm going to have you roll an alertness uh, as a reaction as this is happening. Okay, that's not great. Oh, no. That's only a... That's a one. (laughs) Same. Four. The one time I need good... Oh, shit. Sylvester's got it. Bad. Yay. The two of you with a one can see that there is a dark shape moving that is coming from where the sound is is approximately coming from. I mean, the sound is echoing through the woods, but you can you can get a general sense of where it's coming from, and that's sort of what you're spending your alertness on. Sylvester, you're able to key in on where that sound is coming from and actually get a look at what is coming your way. Everybody's seen millipedes before, right? No, yep. God. <laughs> Oh, please, no. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, well... It's just a a knockoff of centipede. It's garbage. (laughs) Well, uh, this garbage is moving toward you, and, I mean, look, it's it's not that big a deal. It's just a millipede. Is it big? And then you realize that the reason that it looks so small is because it is actually kind of far away. It Uh. is a very, very large millipede, in fact. Uh... With your perspective and how far it is moving, how far away it is and how quickly it's moving toward you, you start to wager, oh, it's bigger than I am. This is a nightmare scenario. (laughs) On its round. Is it a carrion creeper? We are going to need a content warning. Well, we're going to put one of those in the (laughs) description. This thing is moving toward you and it looks like just an absolutely oversized version of the little thousand-armed insect. This thing, though, unlike the, you know, millipede of our, millipedes of our world, you might actually believe this thing would have a thousand arms if you uh, weren't concerned about how quickly it was moving toward you. You wager that it will actually be upon you very shortly. And now it is Albion's turn in initiative. All right, Albion throws his coat open. He now is guns akimbo. One gun is Gugnir, and the other one is the shotgun revolver, uh, loaded with the um, iron flechette rounds. Cool, cool. Uh, this thing is, I would say, maybe two zones worth of space away from you, so probably not a big deal to get a shot on it. It is rapidly approaching. I assume you are going to shoot at it. Albion is actually going to, uh, it's, it's two zones away. So a shotgun like shell wouldn't do much at this distance. Uh, so no, he's not. He's going to be like, all right, look, I'll take the rear and keep this thing off our ass. We got to get moving. And he's going to, um, I believe take an aim action. All right. Guns maneuver to Aim at your target is going to be a target three. Alrighty. Uh, that is going to be a seven. You do it with ease. You can definitely draw a bead on this very large thing. I'm also going to um be sort of 
Yeah, I'm going to be staying at the back of the group, so I'm not moving yet. Okay. Ro, it is your turn in initiative. Is Ro still cramped or whatever? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Am I like... Ro, I'm going to have you make an endurance roll right now because I feel like adrenaline would probably kick in and give me an endurance of, let's say, two. All right. I rolled a three, so that is great. Okay. Yep. Adrenaline is kicking in and instinct is pushing you to act and you are able to overcome your discomfort. Cool. Do all... I, I don't even know, like, fae slash monster creatures have the sight? You don't know that. Okay, well, uh, Rose gonna use a very strong veil on herself and feel very gross. Okay. Let's do a, a level three veil. Okay. That is a five. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. <laughs> you you have successfully hidden. veiled yourself. Yes, no bugs, please. <laughs> We have a Sylvester. What are you up to? Uh, running. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, our two big guns said to run, so if they are scared, then I probably should be scared too. So, yeah, booking it. And now that I don't have row on my back, I can book it faster. <laughs> yeah, Ouch. that is valid. <laughs> okay, so what am I doing, athletics or something? You are. Okay. You are attempting to run on a mountain trail that it is forested. So moving through zones is going to be difficult. Uh, I'm going to say that to safely move between zones is going to be basically two athletics per zone you're attempting to move. Okay. I have five. Okay. You're able to get two zones away from this thing, uh, which is pretty good actually that's that's a good amount of distance despite you know the roots and rocks and uneven ground that you are negotiating so very good uh, at the top of initiative <laughs> at the top of initiative uh we have our friends the werewolves who are attempting to keep pace with you that's funny and they're basically succeeding because well they are wolves they're not attempting to leave you in the dust either they want to stay close to you because you know together is better safety in numbers and they're apes together strong yes you see wolf together strong you see everyone's favorite agent pyburn is sort of splitting the difference he's starting to move away with a uh, a sidearm drawn and he is encouraging Albion to get a move on. And uh, he's he, he's kind of halfway between the two of you because he has he's seen you and your heroics before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I believe that makes it the millipede's turn. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. The millipede is attempting to cross the zones to get to you. It moves with frightening speed. You can see that it is using its many, many legs to navigate the underbrush of uh, this this area that it's moving through with ease. And it is it's not going to bite at you per se. However, it is going to start trying to surround you. (laughs) 
Albion with its its body. Mm. This is a grapple that is happening. Hoo boy. Um, okay. Well, for its grapple attempt, it just rolled an eight. Alrighty. And I can't defend with guns, so I'm gonna have to use athletics to try and get out of this, aren't I? I believe you are. Okay. Well, I rolled uh three pluses, so that gets me to five. I'm gonna have to spend two of my fate points if I want to get out of this. It is about to be your turn. Yeah, well, I think I'm gonna... Alright, I'm gonna fail then, if that's what you're telling me to do. I am not telling you to do anything. Then why'd you say anything? I'm just help being helpful. Alright, uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna spend two fate points. I'm gonna use, um... Lone Wolf or Pack Hunter. Um... I am versatile because I have the crew here. Uh, I assume they are. Their presence is going to sort of serve as like a distraction for it. Like it's targeting me, but it's also got a bunch of other targets that are making noise, using magic and are big wolves. So that's going to make it a little easier for me to find an opening. And the other one I'm going to use is magic and ancient weapons are no match for a spas 12 at your side, kid. I'm just fighting this thing with guns. I don't care if it's a magic fae millipede or whatever. Okay. It is all up in your grill, but you've managed to anticipate it doing basically what it's doing, because it was moving straight for you. It's coming right for us! So you were able to (laughs) sidestep enough and maneuver yourself enough to not become immediately uh, grappled by this thing. And it is your turn. Alrighty, I am very close, and I have used my aim action, uh, my aim maneuver, so I'm going to shoot it with the, um, with the iron slug. Not the iron slug, the iron, uh, buckshot. Okay. Right at point blank range. And that is three pluses again. That is going to be a base roll of seven. Wow, okay. (laughs) It got a one on its defense. Oh dear. So that's a lot of damage that you are doing. Um, Did we determine what level of weapons this would count as? I don't know. It's a gun. So. Using the judge or using like the... I'm using the judge. The gugnir. Oh. I think for weapons that have I guess cones of... Shotgun shells. Yeah, shotgun shells. I would say that their weapon... Uh, their weapon effectiveness decreases over distance, so I'll give it the maximum of three at point blank, and you are in the same zone, so this would count. So we'll call it a weapon three at this range. Plus the free tag from my aim. Amazing. Okay. So uh, you blasted like Frank Reynolds, and you, (laughs) you have punctured this thing's chitin. Uh, which you can tell, even though you were throwing the bane at it, it's naturally hardened chitinous exterior, like you'd expect from an insect, still functioned the way that it was supposed to. It just actually hurt it uh, instead of bouncing more harmlessly off. So you have done a significant amount of damage and you have a moderate consequence aspect hole in its chitin that you have placed upon this monster. 
Alright, I'm going to do a supplemental action. And move move a move a zone or two away if I can. Okay, well that's gonna be athletics at minus one to attempt to move out of the way. Uh, this thing it actually is also considered to be an impediment to that progress. So it adds another one to moving out of this zone because it's trying to keep you here. Where you going? We're having a party. <laughs> Get over here. So what is my target? Well, you're already here. He wants you to stay over here. Well, to cross a zone is typically one a shift of difficulty, but given that you are in forest uh, terrain, it's going to be two. And then you also have this thing that adds another one. So to leave this zone is going to be at least three athletics. All right. If I wanted to move two zones, what would that be? That's going to be another two because of the uh, five the terrain. So the target. Thing. So the target is five, and that's at a minus two. The target is three. The oh. target is three to move to the next zone, All and right. then two points gets you another zone further. All right. Yeah, shoot for three. I'll shoot for three. Okay. Um, I rolled. I rolled three. Thank God. Uh, that was close. Okay. This thing is quite angrily thrashing about at you, given that you did just shoot a bit of a hole into it. And as it's sort of trying to get its revenge, you basically do a sweet roll under under it. And you're now upon you're now sort of getting to your feet on the other side of it toward the rest of the group and you are able to start moving, and you get a zone away. Ro, what are you doing? You are in the same zone as this thing, and you are veiled. I, there's one of two things that I want to do, and I don't know if either will work. My first thought is I make myself real hot, and that way if it's a winter court monster type thing, it will be hurt. Or I'm going to shoot it in the gun hole. Um... I don't know what is plausible, but I want to do one of those. Pick one. Uh, hot. Let's do the hot. Okay. Uh, what specifically are you attempting to do with... Um, because, by the way, you don't actually have Sealy Magic as a thing that you possess yet. This is you yeah. really pushing the limits of stunts and powers that you don't technically have access to and is going to absolutely force you to roll against the making the choice like immediately mm -hmm. yeah um actually hmm. no i'm gonna try to shoot it in the in the hole instead for right now then okay <laughs> can, can i shoot its hole you can attempt to shoot at it you would spend a fate point to invoke the aspect albion gets to freely tag it yes i would like to do that pretty please Okay, go for it. Okay, that is a four altogether. Ouch. Okay, it did so bad. Uh, the the it got zero. Okay. It's Do I it's win? very big. It's not exactly the most difficult target to hit. What a loser. So, <laughs> I believe you have a pistol that would count as weapon two. So that's a difference of six. Oh right, and then the moderate consequence. Hot damn. Okay. I want this thing dead so bad. <laughs> it is not dead yet. However, you now have an aspect that you can use on it that because you put 
a severe consequence on this thing. Yes. Chitin full of holes is the severe consequence aspect that you have put on this thing. You've sort of just started shooting at about where it took some damage previously. So, kabam bam. It is still moving, however. And Sylvester, what are you up to? Still running. Okay. <laughs> Give me them sweet running rolls. Uh, four. Okay. You are able to get two zones further away. Uh, this thing is becoming harder to see if you were to look back because you are actually getting some serious distance between you and this monster. Okay. The wolves are again moving to keep pace. And then Phoebe stops and starts to sniff the air as Albion and Ro, yep. since uh-huh. you are still all up in that that space albion's a little further away something is happening to that acre-sized patch of land and it's almost like somebody is flipping between channels on a television but in a square acre (laughs) of space huh it seems to be shifting like back and forth between kind of what you would expect this place to look like and what you have just seen it look like and you are going to have to make me some lore rolls right now. Alrighty. Your target is going to be a one, but every two shifts above that gives you useful information. <laughs> Four pluses. Got a That's a six. Three. Okay. Since you both rolled at least two better than a one, your immediate response isn't, hey, that's weird. Bro, you are, you're, the closest to this and you are looking at this sort of happen and oh boy the feeling that it gives off is wild because it's fluctuating between like cold and kind of temperate almost warm it's you know an early april day it's april 1st so like that weird fluctuation temperature is causing the air like serious disturbances in the air around uh, Albion, you feel something as you're running that gives you pause and kind of causes you to turn on your heel and look at what's happening behind you. Like, mm-hmm. it's just an instinctive response to look at that surge of supernatural wrong feeling. If you didn't know any better, it looks like reality and a chunk of the never-never switched places and are switching back. Well, that ain't good at all. You gotta mentally catalog that bullshit for later. It is now the monster, and the monster is going to make a very important alertness roll. Okay, Ro, you may notice that this monster does not exactly have what you would call eyes? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it moves uh, right to where you are. Uh. <laughs> and it starts to... Mandibles. It's going to make a mandible attack toward you. Oh, I've been mandibled. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Give me an athletics defense roll. Okay, that's a four. Okay. Well, fortunately for you, it rolled a three. Okay. You are able to evade uh, the snapping mandibles of this monster as you are still veiled and it doesn't 
necessarily seem to notice or care that much about the fact that you're veiled. It seems like it's going for where you're standing. Albion, you can see that. Ah, shit. And it's your turn. Alrighty. Albion hates that he's doing this because he wants to leave. He's just gonna move back into that fucking zone. (laughs) Row, start running. And I'm going to use a fate point to tag that severe aspect and I'm going to fire another uh, iron buckshot. Give it a go. Alrighty, that is plus two. Um, so that is a base rule of six. Its defense rolls have been so bad, (laughs) y'all. Good. Let it die. Die. Actually, let me do a little bit of quick mental math. Okay, 15 minus one minus... Okay, you shoot it in the face. Yeah, awesome. So what happens? Am I taking it out of the scene or... It, is it soup yet? It stops moving. <laughs> it, well, okay. Hooray. To say that it stops moving is not necessarily fair. It stops moving deliberately. It's writhing and twitching. But I took it out of the scene? Oh, yeah, it's dead. Yeah, you blasted its head off. <laughs> yeah. All right, and I'm just gonna be, just stop. Slowly lower the gun. Uh, never mind, I guess, but we should probably still back the fuck up. Agent Pyburn just looks at you and says, uh, yeah, you get out of here. I got some phone calls to make. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll handle this thing. Is it not dissolving into ectoplasm? Is the corpse staying? Oh, it starts to dissolve into ectoplasm. And he looks at okay. it and says, oh, I, okay, well, Clearly, there's still some shit that I gotta deal with here. Because if it wasn't dissolving into ectoplasm, that was gonna be bad. A bad Oh, yeah, sign. very bad. That would imply <laughs> some really bad things. You notice that there's a, a puff of wind from that space, that area, as reality seems to return to its natural state in that sort of acre of of ground there. Any trace of the landscape that you were looking at previously is gone, and everything looks as you might expect it to look now, but with with that displaced air just poof from the change. And it looks like nothing ever happened except for a wet patch, a very large wet patch of ground, as the ectoplasmic residue of this thing is sort of bleh, melting away. All right. Albion's going to give the guns a little twirl and holster them both and then extend a fist to Roe for a fist bump. Roe does not respond. She just sits on the ground because she's very nauseous. This is a lot. Pyburn just looks at you and says, <laughs> OK, get out of here, you fucking show off. Great job. Get Take your friends and leave. <laughs> Uh, Ro, do you need me to carry you? No, I, I just need a second. I, uh, Albion, that was gross! It's so gross! It, that is the gross thing, not the, the shapeless, formless, screeching mass of flesh that we shot a month ago. No, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't want to ever hunt monsters again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess it's different standards for everyone. Uh, <laughs> He is going to crouch and just offer his back for a piggyback. 
she accepts. Pyburn, in response to your monster hunting statement, says, Oh, imagine my relief. He gets an eye roll and Roe gets a piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> Des. Yep. You are at a farm in Moncton. You've been here at least once before, and you are helping the werewolves with various chores around the farm. Wesley obviously can't really do much of anything, at least when it comes to the physical labors that are necessary to upkeep a farm. And not just because, you know, he's in a cast and also another cast, but also he's very loopy because he's on some, you know, decent painkillers for for the time. So he's not exactly in the best position to help. So you and Annie and uh, one of the hired hands are really taking point on getting the work done around the farm. How much experience does Des have with farm work? Little to none. Okay. I assume then you're basically just being directed as to what to do. Yep, she is totally happy to just be not around Pyburn and, you know, distracted currently. Yeah, that's that's totally valid. I mean, like, she's probably, like, helping, like, feed the animals or something, but it's probably going slowly because she's going to take the time to give them all good pets. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> Annie is not going to push it. <laughs> it's it's clear that she wants you to be working faster, but she's not going to make a big deal about it. She's going to kind of take it easy on you because you are giving your time to help. You, you are being very kind in that way. I mean, like, have you ever actually been close up to a cow with those big eyes? They're just mm, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have a bit of a bovinity affinity, then. They're just, they're just such good cows. Hey, Mike, fuck you. (laughs) I thought we were RPing. (laughs) We are. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so yes, you are, you are doing farm chores. Mm Mm-hmm. I assume that you might be having some conversations with Annie in the meantime, uh, but only if you want to be. You you can open up as much as you choose to. Uh, how how talkative is Des in this sort of in this little span of time here? I think that because she's keeping busy and is working, she's actually kind of chippering up a little bit because she's kind of got a distraction um so it's it's probably like you know polite easygoing conversation but um probably nothing too deep unless you know i suppose probing questions were asked or something okay yeah so you're able to while away a a couple of hours Mm -hmm. working and getting things sort of ready for basically putting the farm away for the night as it were I know that's nowhere even close to how you would talk about running a farm. But as the sun starts to go down, um, Annie starts to get very, starts to push you about picking up the pace. Des will realize kind of like that the sun is setting and that 
she can kind of read that the situation that, um, you know, she's starting to be a little bit rushed. So she'll go along with it. Okay. Uh, make me an endurance roll because you are doing, uh, I would say you are working and you're doing harder work than you're used to for a sustained period. So uh, give me an endurance roll, uh, target two. Well, you have a one instead, so. <laughs> okay. You're getting a little tired because you're mostly used to like running in short bursts or taking your bike around. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is not quite the same thing, you know, lifting and maybe pushing and maybe, you know, like trying to move with animals and uh, moving through plants and things. It's, it's it's different kinds of work. So you you're starting to ache and it's starting to take a toll of exhaustion on you. So she's turning back into city girl very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wes can tell that you are kind of, you know, aching and a little a little out of your depth. So he is he's he's staying outside so that he can just sort of be present uh, while everybody is doing the work that he would normally be doing. And so that he can be like, you know, converse uh, from across the, the farm, you know, across the yard there. And uh, he's he starts to like lightly rib you for being a city girl. <laughs> and uh, I, I assume you take that in, in good spirit oh yeah she probably tries to rip him back by saying that you know he's like a side seat driver or something like that <laughs> hey that's offensive I, is that wait Annie is that joke ableist I don't know <laughs> I am very <laughs> uh, you know what I maybe I can't make fun of you for being tired because I want to take a nap <laughs> well, at least uh, you know your uh, your medicine also makes you in a good mood, even if it does make you tired. Eh, I think that might be why I'm in a good mood. I haven't had a chance to relax and not do work for oh man, a while. You know? Yeah, it sounds like you uh, you definitely have earned the break. Unfortunately, as it happened to come about, I guess. Oh man, I should get I should get hit by a truck more often. <laughs> no, Wes, no. <laughs> Besides, we gotta get you healthy again because you know City Girl's gonna have to go home eventually, and then you know where will you all be? I think we're gonna be here still, and then you're gonna be home. Got you there. Oh well, you did. You got me. Uh, Wesley, could you please stop distracting? des right now okay okay fine yeah i uh we're we're on a clock bud maybe maybe just drink your lemonade okay okay oh, you're so bossy when john's not around <laughs> she decides to pointedly not respond to that comment and starts giving you uh a little more intense instruction of getting things done uh, give me another endurance roll uh, to power through and get everything done that you need to. Uh, I'm going to give you another oh. two. Well, we're killing her. Uh <laughs> 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 That's a negative one. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, De so... Des has, like, lost a shoe in the mud somehow. <laughs> 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 uh, 
no, she's got one shoe. <laughs> I think actually you're you're too focused on like not losing a shoe, uh, and it's it's kind of slowing it you down, and you're like taking. You're taking things like that as an excuse to like uh get you know catch your breath and you know like oh I need to oh I, you know I got this problem I need to deal with yeah. and I'm it's stuck in the mud stuck in the mud just just gonna need a moment to get, get unstuck. Annie is growing uh, more and more impatient and uh, at a certain point she just looks at the horizon and realizes she cannot see the sun behind the trees. And just says, fuck it. This work's getting done when John and Phoebe get back. They're going to have to take care of it. You, now, follow me. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. J- don't be sorry. Just just come with me, please. Okay, all right. She says a, a few quick words in French to the the hired hand, and she knowingly nods and starts working on the other side of the farm, let's say. All right, well, uh, Des will follow uh, follow Annie wherever she's going. Okay. There is a shed where they have a lot of their tools and various equipment. And you can see that there are uh, there's a table that's on a rug. And she pulls the rug to move the table and the rug away. And you see a trap door sort of in the in the stone floor of this shed. And she says, uh, a little help here, please. Uh, OK, yeah. So she's going to, like, help with the trap door. Yep. Roll a mic roll to assist. Uh, your, your target's going to be a two. I don't have might. And so that's also a negative one. OK. You Des are is not- great at helping. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you you aren't able to assist in making it go any faster, but you are trying, uh, and she's not going to say anything uh, about it. She's just going to get it done herself uh, with a might roll. In a just sort of a burst of inspired strength, she does lift it up, and there is a ladder down that she immediately starts using to descend into a space below the farm. Uh, do I do I follow you or um Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So she's going to get into the ladder too and start following. Okay. She says to you as you're climbing down, this next part's not going to be particularly uh fun, but you are going to have to basically just follow my instructions. We're we're going into what's basically an old fallout shelter. Uh, okay. We kind of bought this particular plot of farmland because this is here. And uh, what, are we, what are we doing down here, Annie? You turn around and you see uh, Annie has grabbed one of those little uh, lantern flashlight things and has pulled it open so that it functions as a lantern. She says, you're putting me away for the night. Uh, I thought we had more time. Yeah. It's within a week, so it's not it's not as strong, but I'm not taking any chances. Uh, okay. Um okay, uh all right, uh, how do I uh I talk can't, to you in then? I cannot take these sorts of chances when I have I have Wes here. I understand. No chances, none. 
Okay, just tell me what to do. She instructs you on the less than pleasant elements of basically restraining somebody in a, well, concrete bunker. It starts to sink in why the lid of the trap door is so heavy. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're okay being down here like this? Do you, do, do you need anything? No, I, I, I ate. I, I made sure I ate plenty. You, uh, you remember back at, uh, at Cooper Smith's place? I that's was picking true. at everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. You wolfed down some cake. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. It's because I'm very hungry today. She just looks at you with a sort of grim non-smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, anything else before I go back up? <sighs> just, no. No. You've, you've done what you need to do, so. Just make sure that you shut the door behind you. Yeah, yeah, I will I will go up there and I will shut the door and uh, I sleep well, I guess. At least one of us will. <laughs> Bold of you to assume. Okay, uh, so she will start climbing up the ladder. You climb up the ladder and you make your way out of the fallout shelter and makeshift loop guru oubliette. Do I need to make a roll to try to shut the door? Well, yes, but only to do so without it just slamming. Okay. So, might one. <laughs> Negative one again. Okay. You're not able to really slow this, uh, this trapdoor's descent very effectively, so it does just slam shut. And you are sure that other people on the farm can hear that. She probably does one of those, sorry, sorry, sorry about the noise, sorry. Yeah, you, you realize after you start apologizing that there is no possible way that Annie can hear you. Yep. It's a winning day for Des. Buddy, it's Michael, your game master, your best friend, your extraordinarily tired boy once again. Uh, insomnia. It's bad. I don't. I don't recommend it. Don't do it if you can avoid it. Um, my brain is now bad from the lack of sleep. So we're gonna get through an at break together, you and I, and we're gonna have a good time. Just relaxing in this space. A safe, comfortable, warm space. Like a bed that I should be in right now. Speaking of comfortable, happy pride. Be comfortable with your bad self. Um, Just, you know, everybody, you're all valid. I love you. And I hope that you can accept yourself for who you are and that the people around you can do the same. I know that pride is almost over, but don't stop being your awesome selves. So I should probably be reading more. I was going to say reading more books, but I just reading more. Doing that instead of, you know, 
looking at stuff on the phone. It's it's a better way to uh, try to fall asleep at night. And hey, books are great. You learn things. Or maybe you're just entertained by them. It's all good. If if you don't have aphantasia, it's like watching a movie in your brain. When you read a book, and you can go and get a bunch of great books at Abe Books, the online marketplace listing millions of new, used, rare, and out-of-print books and other collectible items. And for you college students, they've got cheap textbooks, which is really cool. They connect you with thousands of professional booksellers in more than 50 countries worldwide, so if you want the thing, they can probably get you the thing. And to go get the thing, the thing being books, go to affiliates.abebooks.com ppn. That's affiliates.abebooks.com ppn. And thank you to Abe Books for supporting the show. And thank you for listening to the show. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting our show, as well as other great shows like Pokemakers and Home Viewing and No Dice. And I'm actually really excited. I know you can't totally tell because uh, excitement is hard for me right now, but I am I am actually thrilled to announce that the Pocket Podcast Network will be launching a merch store on July 1st which I think is super duper rad. So there's going to be all kinds of cool stuff in there. Shirts and posters from some of your favorite shows, including ours. So come July 1st, you'll be able to proudly support us idiots as we stumble through our Burlington adventures with perhaps a shirt celebrating everyone's favorite wizard plesiosaur champ. Or that wonderful spoonerism, the Mendigos are on Weth, or perhaps a poster of Albion's infamous vampire flowchart. You can own it for yourself, so you'll know what to do in a vampire emergency if you are in the same room as that poster when it happens. So come July 1st, visit pocketpodcastnetwork.com shop. And while you're waiting for the store to open, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And you can do that after the store opens, too. Do it whenever you want. Time is immaterial. We rely on word of mouth for advertising, so uh, please do take to social media and tell your friends that this tired boy over here makes a show that you like and also his his friends. So if you do talk about us on uh, the socials, tweet with the hashtag GMMcast. And you can join the Green Mountain Mysteries Discord, where you can get direct access to a bunch of other people who also listen to this show that you're listening to right now. You can play Jackbox games with them and us and have fun and talk about sports ball or video games or whatever meme Darius has just posted, because he curates an incredible collection. And now, back to the episode. Thank you! 
Hi, I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. Hey, Gabe, did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the Facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network. I have a question for the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Yes? Would you have yes. driven straight to the werewolf farm from where you were? I would um, I would argue yes. I like it, I think so. Des is there and she's the other one of us. Gotta get her. Okay. I'll say that around this time, uh Des doesn't have to wait awkwardly around the farm for any long stretch of time before you guys do arrive. She's probably in the kitchen drinking lemonade because she's tired. Makes perfect <laughs> sense. So they pull up and you can tell that they have uh, uh, arrived on the farm and uh, you know that you have some instructions to pass on to John and Phoebe of chores that need to get finished. She probably gives the chores uh, list over to them and says, I'm sorry, I did my best. John looks at the the things that still need to be done and says, yeah, I, I noticed that you tried your best uh, on the way in. Um, I do appreciate your help. Like, honestly, more got done with you here than what have if you weren't. So thank you. Well, I, I appreciate you guys letting me be here today. So thank you. Yeah, don't don't mention it. Um, Thanks. Yeah, you know what? We can just go back and forth thanking each other all night, or uh, Phoebe and I can go uh, get some stuff done. All right. Um, yeah, have a good night, and uh, the lemonade's delicious, so thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, thanks. We <laughs> we only really picked the good stuff. She'll probably get into the, the car and kind of groan a little bit because she's got all this lactic acid going on in her legs. <laughs> you and Ro can have a... A stitch party, <laughs> I guess. Ah, Ro, me old bones. <laughs> oh I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Is that in character? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> if it is, Ro just kind of looks at you and doesn't say anything. <laughs> well. That's uh, fair, Ro. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> hey, Des. So we, uh, we had a time in the mountains. Bugs. One bug. Bug? Bug? Big bug. Yeah, there was a... Bug. Not bees, right? Giant fairy millipede that, uh, was, uh, kind of in the eating us mood. We we were trying to run from it, but I we may have, uh, killed it instead. Did you say fairy millipede? I mean, it came out of the never-never, so, yeah. Never-never? Uh, yeah. An entire acre of, uh... Of the woods turned into the never-never and back, kind of repeatedly. Holy cow, that's not good. No, it uh, no. it sure as hell ain't. Are we doing something about that right now, or, or are we going home? We are going home right now. Oh, thank God, I'm so tired. <laughs> How was the farm there, Des? Uh, it was work, but um, there were also beautiful cows. I, I gave all the animals all pets because they're all good. That is delightful. Also, there was lemonade. 
Oh yeah, no, I've had that. Oh, that sounds also, nice. Also, Wes is getting sassy. He he just now. <laughs> is that yeah. my fault? <laughs> well, Probably. apparently now I'm city city girl, so. That's funny. <laughs> what do you want from me? I've lived in Burlington my whole life. I've never been on a farm before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, I think it's funny. Did <laughs> <sighs> I miss anything else important? No, they basically shot it to death and I was running away because I don't have a gun. <laughs> yeah, okay. for once, Sylvester did not kick the thing we were trying to kill to death. Ugh. Yeah, because I don't know if I could kick a hole in a millipede. <sighs> are we figuring out what we're going to do with this tonight, or, or are we going home because I'm tired? We are going home. Oh. We are going to reconvene in the morning and figure out our next steps. Yeah, I'm just going to be back here. She probably falls asleep in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. Aw, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. She's probably got, like, dirt smudged on her cheek or something. No, <laughs> Little farm does. Yeah, I'll try to hit every other pothole. <laughs> Good friends. Uh, are we going to uh, drop people off at their respective residences? That is yes. the plan. Yes. Okay. Ro, you are turning in for the night in your apartment, and you have a Nixie... In your apartment. I do. She's still there. <laughs> I think that Ro has been, when she comes home, she's been spending a good, like, three hours just sitting on the floor of the bathroom. Even though Rowan definitely does not want her there, she's just kind of been, like, just sitting, hanging out, and occasionally they'll have a conversation, but it's never, like, good. Let's look at one of those conversations now, why don't we? Uh... Hey, hey, Rowan. Um, Are you still not hmm? going to tell me about your day today? I don't want to talk about it, but... Yeah, it, you haven't wanted to was, for the last hour. Yeah, I... It's It was gross. and I just... I would shower if you weren't in here. I've been showering at Dez's. I, I, just, I feel icky. <sighs> what made you feel icky? A, a bug. It... I can't explain please, it. You don't... Please explain to me. I must be amused by this. Okay, so there's, imagine a snake with legs, but like gross. Yes? <sighs> that is not a very good description. That Do you have any idea how little that narrows things down? I, okay, um, so Ro gets a piece of paper and draws like a line with a bunch of legs. She's like, this, this is what I'm talking about. It's a millipede, and it chased us, and it almost ate Albion, and it was icky and gross, and I, I can't explain it. It's icky. Oh. <laughs> Why did you go into the never-never today? We, we didn't. I mean, I don't think we did. She stopped smiling. Ha what? Um, there was this, like, not a a tunnel or like a way but there was like this thing that happened and i don't know it just felt like we were somewhere else somewhere else elaborate like not here not on earth but also it didn't feel like we were in a way i don't i can't place it i don't know it didn't feel 
right. I don't know. Phoebe said she, that she was home, but she's from Vermont, so I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Have you told Rowan about Phoebe and what Phoebe is? Um, I don't know that I have. Would would she know just from our like experiencing Albion and the wolves and stuff, or has she not experienced them at all? No, I don't think she really has had much any interactions with them, uh, actually. Okay, so I think maybe earlier today in preparation for Sly's party, which Rowan did not want to attend, like, Ro was telling her who was going to be there, and then she explained a little bit about, like, the wolves. Wait, you, uh, you said that she is from Vermont, but you, I thought you said that she was not? I thought you said that she was... You you said she was a wolf there, right? I mean, yeah, but I assume, like, they live here, so they're from here. So I... Oh. Oh. Right. Lila never, never today. I... How did it feel? Um, strange. I... It did it didn't... feel wrong? No. Let me rephrase. Did it and you not feel great with each other? Um... Kind of. Uh, this is still new to me. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel in different places. Uh, I was uncomfortable, but not bad. Did you actually set foot inside of this this different area? We didn't where it was changing, did we? You didn't. Okay. Um. So I explained that. Ah, okay. Well, that might explain things. If it's up on... At the top of a mountain, yes, uh, up near th- very high mm-hmm. on the mountain trail. Yeah. And your mountains have snow accumulate on top of them. They are perhaps the colder places that you might have around here. I mean, yeah, they're the coldest place because there's snow and it's like not winter. What do you know about the Never Never and your world and how they interact with one another i mean not a lot other than what like people have talked about like just basically nothing i'm new to all of this i know they exist and they're not really supposed to be connected but that that's it this world and my world are intrinsically connected to each other one does not exist without the other but Where I am from is much more expansive than where you are from. That is how you were able to travel from place to place in your world across what seem like short distances in the never-never. They don't line up one-to-one like two maps on top of each other. Imagine a map of your world. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine a map that is very, very, very much larger than your world, and you need to lay that one on top of your world. Mm-hmm. It's going to touch in very different places than you might expect. I don't know what the rules governing such things are. I just know that it is like that. The wizards of your white council here made a pact with our queen during this strife with all of the vampires that gave them safe passage through our territory to use ways 
to cross great distances uh, safely and quickly. So, yeah, it, I guess it sounds like a part of the never-never and a part of your world might have switched places briefly? Is that what, mm-hmm. is that what it sounds like? It seemed like it. I mean, Alien was pretty freaked out. Yeah, so ways are more likely to open in places where there is a stronger connection to the never-never in some way. Up high on the mountain, seems like it might have a stronger connection to the winter court and our holds. Would you agree? I mean, yeah. And this creature that you describe, it is something I'm familiar with. It skulks around in the tundras of the Never Never, what you would call tundras. Oh, this... So th- there's like a lot of those things then? Oh, there are so many. Uh-huh. They're a common nuisance. Gonna, I need to go lay down. Um, yeah, you do that. Okay, goodbye, Rowan. And then Ro, like, slinks away. I will continue to have conversations with your kits. <laughs> that, that's really cute. <laughs> Rowan does not make it clear if the conversations are one-sided or two-sided. <laughs> oh, okay. Good, good night, Rowan. Good, good night, cats. And then she leaves. <laughs> she does try to listen in lo- on the conversation, though, before she falls asleep. See if the cats answer back. <laughs> Ro does not see this. Uh, she's disappointed because she doesn't really hear very much before she eventually sort of succumbs to her own exhaustion from the day's events and falls asleep. But we as the audience get to see Rowan sitting in a bathtub, staring at a kitten, a little black kitten, <laughs> making eye contact. The two of them just staring into each other's eyes for a long, long time. And Rowan Rowan just finally makes a low, little growly sound as if to emulate a kitten purring or mewling, and the kitten just kind of goes, and Rowan just suddenly hisses and backs up into the tub, and the kitten runs out. (laughs) Amazing. I love this. Meanwhile, Des, yeah, you you go to sleep very, very quickly. (laughs) Yep. You are out like a light because you are exhausted. Sylvester, you go home to your little place near the college. It's that kind of uh, serene melancholy of there was a party here earlier and now the place is empty. Ah. Yeah, one one of those kind of like. You come home to your place as sort of a a liminal space that you, you know, maybe maybe feel a little a little bummed out, but like, hey, y'all had fun earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You got some nice gifts from people and uh you know, your friends were there. It was, it was cool. But um you are having a hard time falling asleep. You've gone through physical therapy, extensive 
physical therapy to, you know, recover from the intense trauma inflicted upon your leg, uh, you know, to like really work to regain lost muscle mass and uh, get full use back of that leg. And it's been difficult and you haven't really had as much difficulty of late, but tonight, for some reason, your leg just kind of, it hurts. It, it, it's more, it starts as kind of a dull ache that's familiar, but it grows stronger the longer that you are sort of sitting there trying to fall asleep. What are you doing about that, if anything? Uh, well, I guess I'm gonna take some painkillers. <laughs> what kind of painkillers do you have? Uh, acetaminophen. <laughs> How about uh, ibuprofen? You mean ibuprofen? Yeah. Yeah. You you gonna take them both or? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll take. We'll take the ibuprofen. Sure. Okay. There's a slight ease in the discomfort, but it takes a while, and it's not as pronounced as you would think, and it it's very difficult to ignore. You're somebody who I would say, uh, what you know you're able to deal with being in a little bit of pain over a long period of time because you've lived a good amount of your life having to deal with that and you've your threshold is different than most people but you just can't not focus on this dull throbbing in where you know you were attacked by something hmm. it crosses your mind hmm. that maybe you should uh, check in with your sister which one which one do you think? Uh, I guess the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say her name out loud, please? Oh, sorry, uh, Natalie. Yes, Natalie, your youngest sister, I believe? Yeah. Now, why, for the audience's sake, might you consider checking in with your younger sister, Natalie? Because she's the only one that believed me about what happened. And uh, what, how did that affect her life? She basically dedicated her life to researching uh, magical stuff so much that she ended up joining uh, a nonprofit to mostly use their resources to help her get more magical knowledge so she could find out what happened to me. I feel kind of bad about it, the fact that she kind of like, a part of me feels like she gave up her life for something that happened to me, and I feel terrible about that but i don't think she sees it as that way at all because she's not really that kind of person okay yeah it she's working at a nonprofit that looks into let's say alternative theories of stuff one of those like little organizations that's you know very very into um uh, ufo sightings amongst other things the kind of people that would definitely be listening to uh, coast to coast. <laughs> yeah. And taking that very seriously. Uh, the kinds of people that have like a signed poster from that that pretty significant movie about like alien abduction. What was it like? Fire on the Mountain or something? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, these sorts of people hate Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That asshole actually got to go on an alien ship. The guy's a prick. Yeah, what a jerk. Anyway, you feel like maybe 
you ought to reach out to her about what's going on. Uh... Email seems like maybe, you know, it's usually a good way to reach her. Don't you, you have kind of an email chain going, don't you? Yeah, we do the, the grandma trick with the account. Please tell me the grandma trick because I know what that means, but I love it. Okay, so the grandma trick is when several people share one email account. So when you send a message, you don't put anyone in the two column or row. That way it doesn't actually go anywhere. It bounces back. So that way it doesn't actually get read by the email robots. So, you know, whatever email service sees, they just see it as, oh, some old grandma probably didn't put a name in the address, so whatever, it's not important. <laughs> yeah, so you have a shared email account and you bounce emails back to yourselves. Right. Beautiful. You get a reply email from uh, an inquiry that says, call tomorrow, uh, and she sort of sets out when she's free. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she she does take the time to explain that she's, you know, since it's an email and not a text message, that she's, you know, right, kind of in the middle of a few things, like kind of a late night lecture series with some crack, you know, some crackpot, but she has to be there. She's got some more work to do in the morning for the nonprofit, so she's trying to, you know, get some sleep. But she will catch up with you after that. Sounds fair. I know it's it's got to be difficult cleaning up after Sam's messes. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, they do live together, don't they? They do. Yeah. Last but not least, we have Albion. Albion, as you are getting yourself put away, uh, you know, after you get dropped off, mm -hmm. your eye kind of hurts. Your right eye. It's got that kind of persistent ache like one has when one has like a, a tension headache on that side mm -hmm. it's not behind your eye it is your eye make me an alertness check your alertness roll is a three target rather Alrighty, i rolled a four okay up on the roof of the place where you stay is the biggest raven you have ever seen in your life all right it looks at you, sees that you see it, and immediately takes flight. How do you react? Albion is going to uh, go to his uh, little Odin shrine. He's going to put out a couple offerings and uh, try to invoke Odin and commune with him. See what message is trying to be sent, see if he can figure out what this is about. Okay, I want you to make me a lore roll for this communion mm -hmm. and i am going to say to get any sort of meaningful response you're going to get uh, your target is going to be a five i actually would argue that if i'm trying to commune with my god this could be a conviction rule okay uh yeah you know what i will i will grant you that argument all right which i have a plus four conviction do you want to raise the target number since no, I think this is something that uh, even people that are, you know, like of of some level of faith can expect like to have a chance to talk to their deity of choice. So I think a five stands as a target. I rolled plus three. So that is going to be a seven conviction. OK, I, so, I would like to just sort of set the scene a little bit, if you don't mind. OK. Where Albion sort of strips to the waist, uh, except for the... um. The necklaces he wears, uh, the crucifix, the Star of David, uh, the Hammer of Mjolnir. 
the Volknut. And he uh, takes some dark paint and dye and smears it over his right eye, lights a few uh, candles, uh, leaves the offerings, and then uh, just sort of sits in front of it and doesn't prostrate himself, but just focuses. And it puts Gugnir on the altar as well and just sort of sits there, closes his eyes, and just focuses and tries to narrow his mind's view away from the rest of the world, away from the ache in his eye. Actually, no, he uses the ache in his eye as sort of a focal point. He sort of is like putting his focus through that pain and into the into his perception and letting that sort of narrow his focus and shut out everything else. Okay. Focusing through that pain, you feel it uh, intensify, actually, as you do. I'm going to have you make a a discipline now against something. Uh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. with that same target of five. Mm. That is a minus two. I'm going to have to burn both fate points if I want to hold on to this. Uh, now, okay. I, it's not that you're going to necessarily... You're not going to miss out on things. You did succeed at your conviction roll, so you are going to get something out of it. There's just a cost associated with it. Some kind of price for uh, for your conviction. I that seems thematically appropriate, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. So you, what was your conv- what was your discipline total? Uh, my discipline total is a one because I rolled a minus two. So that is a four shift difference. Uh, you are going to take four stress, physical. All right, that fill hits my four box. Okay, you are able to accept this without any. Uh, lasting consequences you cry a single tear of blood you don't have a mirror present you can't be sure if you know anything's happening to your eye but from your eye drops a single crimson stain onto your altar and the way that it hits the the sort of worked rough stone of the altar it sort of splats into shapes that you can discern are runes and it seems to be it's it, how much how much does uh, albion understand like actual nordic runes i feel like he understands them pretty fluently considering this is his faith i would agree that you would probably understand them significantly uh, enough you get a sort of literal understanding of what it spells out to you, which is follow. Tom, yay. Yay! <laughs> Darius, yay. Yay. Yay! <laughs> 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 it's like, it's like a slow-down Yoshi. 
よひーグリーンハーよし<laughs> Can you do the Yoshi scream in that voice, Darius? Ba 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 ba. Oh, whoa, 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 Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.